I know he said you could be seated, but that's not true. I need everyone to take a stand. And if you live, this is the dividing line, if you live north of where One Life Church physical building is, I want you to come on this side. And if you live south of the church, come on this side. South versus north. This is kind of like uh, the ducks versus beaver, right? Civil War or... And if you need help, Greg has a map, and you can find out where you live. No, no, no. And then once you've divided yourself from north and south, then I would like to see you uh, form groups of about six people, and you're going to be working as a group. And yes, spouses, you can stick together or you can go separate. Your choice. And feel free to spread out. These chairs are flexible. Move about. If you need to push these chairs out this way, go for it. So form groups of about six people. From north to south is your first, then groups of six. I think uh, if uh, you can, once you get into your groups, if you want to appoint one person, I think there are some pens and paper. Each group is going to need some pens and paper. So does everybody, Greg is going around passing out a map that looks like a block that has a art of na- or a art of neighboring and it has like a na- your yeah like tic tac toe or bingo everybody have one of those and then everybody there should be one of these per group it's called the art of neighboring learning lab when i can see it through the light so there should be one per group and so whoever has that in your hands you're going to be like the group facilitator assistant how's that sound I'll be the facilitator. You can be my assistant. So to get us started, um, it's 4.23. Perfect. We're going to be on schedule. So there's six exercises that I want to I bring you together in. So if what we did this morning was called the art of spiritual conversation, it's a lot to do with just yourself and just living life. This is about the art of neighboring. So this is more about geography and where you live, and there's one little tweak about maybe some other circles of contact. But this kind of opens up your mission field. And so this uh, gives you eyes to see maybe where God is already working. So this first exercise is called, Who is my neighbor? And so I have a question that I want you to discuss in your group. And after that, there are some uh, instructions about a block map. And so that's the paper that looks like a tic-tac-toe. So that's for you to fill out. So after you have... After you talk about the first one, I'll come around and make sure this is going. Then you're going to do your block map. And then you can either turn the block map over, and then you can do this thing called circles of contact. And let me explain the circles of contact. The circles of contact is about you and your life. 
And so what you do, as I have the instructions, you're going to draw a circle and you're going to just write your name or just me. And then what I've done is I've taken a, off of that in the, cir- in the middle, that circle I draw in the middle, and then I go a little line off and I put another circle and I put youth sports. And then I list all the adults that I know in youth sports that I have connections with. And then I would say maybe school and write down all the parents that I know from school. And for some of you, maybe that's like a ton of people. You can limit it by saying, okay, now who do you like know by name and um, more than just they're an acquaintance, but maybe they're a little, you can start classifying like from stranger to friend, somewhere in that parameter. And so this whole idea of circles of contact is that you're going to list like there's people in your mission field. So when you take a step back and you think, wow, I don't know anybody, and then when you do an exercise like that, all of a sudden, boom, there's like 70 or 80 people. And then through this exercise, we'll, get, we'll kind of come back around to that. And so that's where I want you to start. So the very first question, who is my neighbor? What factors did you consider before choosing your current residence? What factors did you consider before choosing your current residence? So share that, because not everybody lives in the same neighborhood. You live where you live. So you should be moving on to the um, instructions in the block map. If you're already working on that, start filling in uh, your little tic-tac-toe box. Who's your neighbor? What's that? Literal neighbors. The block map. All of them? Well, just the... If you know them all. <laughs> okay, I want you to have, we have about a minute left on the house um, block map. So I want you to finish that up in a minute, and then I want you to turn it over and do your circles of contact. And if you have any questions of what circles of contact are after you read the instructions, just raise your hand and I'll come around and and help you out. So while you guys are wrapping up, I'm going to read this scripture from Acts 17, 26 to 27. So as you're finishing up on the circles of contact, I just want to end with this scripture text. From one man he made all the nations, that they should inhabit the whole earth. 
and he marked out their appointed time in history and boundaries of their land. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. A passage in Acts 17. From one man he made all the nations, for they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their land. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. So as you look at your neighborhood block, your circles of contact, think about how God put those people God who is sovereign over all things, who I think is in control. Maybe those people are intentionally put in your neighborhood, in your circles of contact, for you to be Christ's ambassador. This next exercise is called Overcoming Barriers. So I want you to first, this little reflection exercise, just this one question, on a scale of 1 to 10, how hectic is your life right now? Ten out of this world hectic. One, it's easy street. It couldn't be easier. I mean, you could actually ask for more. How hectic is your life? And while you're doing that, let me just tell you a brief story. I was with a family on Halloween night, and they were sharing with me how their girls play hockey and are in soccer. And I don't know if you have kids in youth sports, but you're rolling out like for these hockey clubs and advanced soccer like two grand a season or so. And so their kids are, they're telling me how on Saturday they got to, they played their full soccer game and made it to the third period of their hockey game. The following week they made two periods of their hockey game and then were, played half of their soccer game. And she looked at me and was like, I don't know why we're doing this. We're paying twice as much money for half the amount of fun. And I, and I was like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> This is this hectic. It's hectic. Our lives are hectic. So in this exercise, this is going to be a contest for each of the groups. So I'm going to like ante up the pressure. So I need um, one person from each group to come up and grab two cups of pinto beans, two cups of this fine gravel, and a glad container. So everybody's going to have these five items, there are one, two, three, four, five, six. Great, six groups. I have six of these supplies here. Now, the contest is, how many of these rocks can you fit in your Glade container with all those other things? All right? So that's the contest. So one of you from the group, you're going to self-appoint um, to get that material. And then one of you can, or you can... Send someone brave to grab some handfuls of these rocks. And so the contest, whoever wins, gets to go um, eat first. How's that? Even though I don't know if that's possible because it's family style. Who can get the most rocks? <laughs> I'm 
This is a good clarifying question. You must put the, the lid must be able to be put on securely. You got to put the lid back on. I'm not going to give you any instructions beyond what I've given out. Whoever can get the most large rocks in their container wins. All right. Well, I'm going to start over here on the south side. How many rocks, large rocks, did you have? Eighteen? Eight. Eight. Nine. Ooh, eight, nine. Do I hear a ten? I think. <laughs> How many did you guys have? Nine? Fourteen? Fourteen? Ten? Well, you had to put every. I get all the big things in there first. So what did you look? Then everything else. So what's the life lesson there? Life lesson with instructions. So I had a teacher in class, and he had this on his desk. And people, you know, if they would just look at it. And he would say, how many rocks are in there? And he'd have kids count it and stuff like that. And then it was an exercise. It was an exercise to really say, what is the priorities? What are the priorities in your life? The big rocks, if you notice, I noticed everyone pretty much had the same strategy. Once you put the big stuff in first, then the small stuff can fit around it. If you put all the small stuff in, you, you get less rocks in. And see, that's the same thing with life as far as this is a life lesson. When we start putting um, all the little things in life before having solitude with God, before our relationships that are important, our kids, our, our, our wives, our, our husbands, we start putting all these small stuff in, then we can't get the big stuff in. And uh, I, I'm here to tell you it's hard. I'm not a success story. I don't think there is a success story out there. But it's, it's priorities. And it's when you put the big things in your life first, we all have 24 hours, the same amount of time. And when you put the priorities in, and then you can put the small stuff in, you can get, actually get more in your life and more out of your life. So there are some questions for you to uh, reflect on, but I think due to our time, we'll move on. Maybe we'll come back to that. So I, I hope that was fun. And uh, when we're done, I'll, I'll take all the stuff back into my Home Depot bucket and sorted out in my garden, except for the great pinto beans. So this next exercise is called the Spotlight of Prayer, and I have with me this super-duper flashlight, so if you look at it, you're going to get a little blinded. It's not the kind, whoop, it's not the kind that uh, you, the guy advertises and drives a tank over. It's the kind that I bought from Ace Hardware in Maple Leaf, <laughs> but I, I'm not going to run over it, but it's bright. And the whole idea of this spotlight of prayer is that um, I want you to take your neighborhood in a map or your circles of contact, and I want you to spend some time right now 
looking at those. And if you have a smartphone, take out your smartphone and get on the flashlight and just flash it on those, on those names. And I want you to just look at it and see who pops out. And then I want you as a group to then pray. I want you to spend this time in prayer, some time in significant prayer where you're praying for people, your neighbors or your, or your friends or colleagues or whoever's in the circles of contact, whoever pops out at you. I want you to pray for them. Maybe it's praying for the Lord to bless them. Maybe it's, Lord, heal them if they, have, they need healing or some sort of intervention. But you know their needs. And I trust the level of confidence and confidentiality in this room if there's people who may know those people as well that we can, what is prayed in this room stays in this room. So here is an opportunity for you to intercede on their behalf and bring them to the throne of God. So for the next few moments, we're going to do that. So look at the list of folks, and I'm going to ask you to join up in maybe a few minutes. Someone, whoever's your instruction person, can be the person who kind of rallies you up together, and then you can start praying. We'll be moving on to the next exercise in a, a few more, maybe a half a minute or so. So for those who are praying. Before we uh, transition, I just want to read, read the spotlight of prayer. I didn't read it for you, and I know some of the groups may have, have read it, but I think this, this one, um, of all the um, exercises we're doing, this one strikes me as the one that's the easiest to do and the one that has probably the biggest impact. The easiest to do and has the biggest impact. Prayer needs to be the first step in transforming a neighborhood. If a neighborhood is to be changed, one or more individuals must pray with intention over neighboring families. When a Christian or network of Christians agree to target specific homes in prayer, the spotlight of God's love begins to shine on those families. The prayers become like the risen sun at its first rays creep out to chase away the shades of night. And when the light of God comes, inexplicable things happen. The glow of the light encircles and transforms lives. Pray for a home in your neighborhood. Recognize that the person living in the home are created image bearers. 
bless God for the wonder of his creation in their lives and praise Jesus for his goodness and gifts to each person. Tear down the walls of doubt and despair that surround the home and set up walls of praise and anticipation at what God can and will do. Realize that as you pray, the Spirit has a divine plan, which in a very real way is implemented as you pray. As you begin your prayers, all allow yourself to imagine the vast goodness of who God is. Stand in awe of the entire created order. Yes, it is true. All we can hear, taste, touch, see, be, or imagine. God created all these. Dream of what it will be like when the Spirit's transformation comes. Trust your prayers over a home will be heard and transformation will happen. That's so powerful. When we put our neighbors in our prayers. And that was um, taken from a, a man named John DeVries who spent his last 50, 60 years as a missionary to India. And this was the number one tool when I was at a conference that worked for him, praying. In an animistic Indian, northern India um, area, he saw the darkness fall and the light and the, like the risen sun of Christ um, fill these homes up, night and day difference. So I hope you continue on that practice. This next exercise is the art of hospitality. And there are some questions for you, for a group, for you to work through and a passage of scripture to process. And I love it. What is the best party that you've ever been to? The best party you have ever been to. So this is exercise four. We're going to have to move on. We're going to have to leave the party bus, and we're going to have to move on to the conversation bus. So this, this is exercise five. So if you have the, whoever has the sheet, you can flip it over to exercise five. And this is uh, about which of your neighbors have you ever had an in-depth conversation with? And then there's this acronym about CLEAR, and then a passage in Luke. And then I end with write down the names of people of peace in your neighborhood. And I'm in, I want you to think about people of peace is are those folks who are in your neighborhood or the circles of contact that are open. So in that passage, it talks about finding homes of people of peace. So it's not someone who's stiff-arming the gospel. It's actually someone who would be open to a spiritual conversation. So go on that one. And we'll do about five minutes on that, and then this last one is going to be a little bit longer, and it has some entertainment value to it. All right, we're going to move on to our last exercise. 
So Eric Whitaker, <laughs> Eric Whitaker is a world-famous composer. I saw him on a TED Talk, and it's quite incredible. You can look him up. A few years ago, this is like now quite a few years ago, he decided to conduct a virtual choir, an experiment. So he wrote music, he posted it on the internet, and he got about 100 and, let's see, da 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 other ideas of individuals everywhere could sing into a camera and post their videos to a YouTube. Then Eric used the post and created a master track with him conducting so everyone was joined together like an orchestra. Eric's idea went viral on the internet. People sang and recorded their parts. The videos were posted. Eric hired a videographer to weave it all together. The final results were staggering. One perfect song that featured a virtual choir of 185 voices from 12 countries, all flawlessly synced together. In the first two months of, his, of its release, the video received more than a million hits. Eric tried this experiment again a year later. This time, more than 2,000 people sang in his virtual choir. And again, the final product was a masterpiece. So this is virtual. All these people, some on this 2,000, some are professional, some are just ordinary people like you and I with a little iPhone pod in, the thing, in their ears and they're just singing into the camera. And he masterly puts this together. So we're going we're gonna to watch this. But before we do, I want to give you these instructions. So I'm going to go on and read. When many people come together and sing, particularly if all the people are all working together the same, to the same goal, the results can be breathtaking. We'll see that. When a large number of people sing the same song together, that one song can captivate millions. The same is true when it comes to neighboring. As one person, you can be a good neighbor. But if many people in your neighborhood come together, all with the same goal, the results will be exponentially greater. Exponentially greater. So I want you to enjoy this music, and I want you to dream. I want you to dream about your neighborhood being transformed. And I, everyone is in groups. And if you live within blocks of each other or in like the same larger neighborhood, like say if you all lived in Wedgwood or if you all lived in Edmonds or if you lived in Shoreline or if you're close enough, I want you even to dream together. Like how could we d- be part of something in our neighborhood? How could we partner or where could we find? So I want you to take this time and enjoy this music and dream. All right?
2,000 voices from all over the world, conducted by him, and they just sang it. Pretty incredible, huh? Now imagine if 2,000 people loved their neighbor, conducted by Jesus and the Holy Spirit, and how that would change and connect the world and make it different. I have more of these Art of Neighboring labs. We um, have a few more. I'll put them over here on the side. You would like to take those, maybe one per family. To come back to process, I think the, this session for me is it's just a beginning. It's not something that you can just go through and, and just walk away with. I think it's something that you need to keep coming around to and processing. And for my journey and our walk as missionaries, Betsy and I come around to this neighborhood map, our circles of contact. We're always processing who is God putting in our lives? Who do I need to pray for? Where does the spotlight of prayer need to be on them? What's the next party that I'm going to throw or go to? And then hoping and praying that the Spirit sings. That this beautiful life that we have been given in Jesus Christ will be true to them. So with that, let me end us with prayer, and then we can move on to our next activity, which is, I believe, dinner. So will you pray with me? Lord Jesus, King of the universe, we bless you for how you have called us, and you have put us in a particular home and with neighbors with particular stories. So Lord, I pray that you give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and courage to cross the road and love our neighbor. Lord, may this time that we spent together now be a step in that direction. Lord, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. One other last announcement. If you could bring the leftovers of the rocks up to the side table, and I'll take care of that. Real quick, as you do, I uh, just want to be clear, timing-wise, uh, Dinner is ready.